Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astro! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H Town Hardball. All right, we're back here on Go, Go Astros. The three headed monster is back. I've got the clinch hoodie. And uh, I have, again, not eaten chicken because ever since I told Joe Boo that we would do it ourselves, uh, we've gone 2-0 and and scored all the runs. Uh, how's everybody doing this morning? Andy, you're on location in Aspen, Colorado. How's it going, man? Um, you know, 5 milligrams is a good entry level. 10 milligrams is what they're going to say. I mean, what? And Brian coming from his home office in, in Jersey. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. So um, we are presented with, I think, um, probably a better scenario. Andy, I know we talked about it was win one in Boston. You win two in Boston. Um, what, do you th- what do you think has been the difference uh, despite whistling and reflective lights? Uh, well, first of all, uh, I'm not recording if we don't win tonight because I didn't record for prior to the last two uh, wins. So the fact that you even let me on is a little bit, um, I mean, it's on you, frankly, but let's be positive. Um, You know, it's different when I was saying that we just needed to get one more win and get back to Houston, that was absolutely desperation talking. And it's amazing how even in a long seven game series, how quickly the tables can turn because for all the world, and I think the three of us probably felt it too. um, It looked after game three that we were just done just done not wanting to be there, lazy swings, lazy approach. Uh, And, you know, a lot of that's magnified through our own filters of emotions of what's going on in the field and how it's affecting our personal lives, right? So um, you're in a completely different world now. You're up 3-2. You've not only won two games to get back into a commanding lead, but you've dominated those two wins. Uh, You've taken the hottest hitters in baseball in Kiki Hernandez and J.D. Martinez and a couple of their other guys and basically reduced them to help help them hitless for the most part. The top of that lineup hasn't been effective, um, and I think they're slugging over the last two games. Uh, was over a thousand in the first three, and over the last two, it's like two ninety five. That's a good batting average. That's not a good slugging average, <laughs> right? Um, so it's you know we're in a great position. You still have to win that last one, and unfortunately, the issues that we had in games two and three we're about to have to reface because we don't have the most solid starting pitching lined up for these next two games. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, I did want to ask you, Brian. So Stromy had made a comment about tipping and Andy and I had talked offline about where we weren't sure who was tipping. Was it machete tipping? Was it the pitcher? But it does seem like since those comments came out, uh, they've given up a grand total of three runs since that happened. And that's also factoring in a bullpen game, which meant, you know, six or seven pitchers faced. You think there was something to that? And you think the Astros figured it out? Um, sure. Why not? I mean, I don't have any, I couldn't see them tipping before and I can't see them not tipping now, but uh, Brent Strom knows a lot more about pitching than I do. And, um, you know, the results may matter. It's worth noting as a general comment here, we have good evidence now of how good knowing what uh, pitch is coming is worth. And it turns out to be, you know, people have done extensive studies off the, um, off the data on, you know, which asked, you know, which on the bank and the trash can banking and, you know, the juice isn't worth the squeeze when it comes to, when it comes to the cheating, there's not that much benefit to sign stealing. I was going to make a comment about the quality of people in Boston and then trash and then banging, but I thought I would keep to say a high level 
show. Um, you know, Brian, I'll stick with you for I, a my second. My brother-in-law appreciates that. <laughs> Good. Uh, you know, so we, um, uh, Andy mentioned we have the same starting situation going forward. Now, you know, uh, your Kitty had not pitched in something like 15 days. So I'm going to assume that part of that was rust. Um, Garcia is a concern only because, you know, he did have not just a rough start in Boston against Boston, but also a rough start against Chicago. Part of me still thinks that his season numbers are what, are what we're going to see, but how short of a leash do you get him, give him tonight? I mean, are we going all in to win tonight? I mean, so you have a rested Jaco to Rizzi. Um, and so if he is your, you know, if he is your guy in the middle, Jake is okay for the first nine hitters and average for the first 18. And please don't have him go the third time through the lineup. So I could certainly see a scenario where they go, you know, Garcia doesn't have it. They go two, two and a third with him. They bring in a reliever and then Oda Rizzi comes in for the fourth through the sixth. Um, okay. They could also do Christian Javier for those middle innings and get themselves to the back of the game where they have the advantage. Andy, how about, how about you? How would you see that shaking out? I mean, how much space do you give Garcia? Do you burn Javier Odorizzi for a possible game seven, or do you keep him, or do you, or do you throw them this time? I mean, if I'm dusty, my, the 70s were much better for me than they were in my personal life because I was hanging out with Hank Aaron, going to Studio 54, meeting models. Um, but if I'm dusty in 2021, especially on October 22nd, Garcia is your starter. They've named him the starter. Uh, I think. I tell him before the game, this isn't a reflection on you. This is a reflection of the seriousness of this, this game. Odorizzi is going to start warming up the second you start pitching because we're not going to get into another situation where he doesn't get a full 30 minutes. And if we end up burning him because we don't need him, oh, well. Um, but Garcia, I don't think it's a short leash necessarily, but I think they're going to be pretty happy if they can get him through four or five innings. Um, with giving a minimum amount of runs. I don't, he's not a shutout guy at this stage of the season. I mean, he could be. Um, he's done it before. He had a great regular season, and realistically, outside of these two playoff appearances, should be in the AL Rookie of the Year conversation. Uh, it certainly should be named, you know, what is it, place show? Um, what is second or third, probably. Um, and, and that guy absolutely could show up and pitch that well at home. It's just every time he picks up the ball, it's a new innings record for him personally. And so some of that is – coming into play, I think. Um, nerves come into it, I think. Being at home and not being in Chicago and not being in Boston is certainly going to benefit him. And it should benefit our hitters. Um, the worry, of course, is can he match what we think Nathan Eovaldi is going to be able to do for the Red Sox? And who has a history of doing it in the playoffs? I would say this, too. Like, I would almost go maybe even – different like I'm agree I agree with you I think go to Rizzi starts warming up in the second and I almost treat Garcia like an opener I almost say one time through the lineup and maybe if it's one time through the lineup and we're up five to nothing then maybe he gets another time through the lineup like kind of how you were saying when we were texting um with Fromber at the end of game four or game five the minute he gets a base runner you know when we were getting into that seventh or eighth um let's talk offense though um uh, all of a sudden they're hitting everybody. What do you, what do you account for that? They had that mini slump. And then it seems like Boston is kind of done with the Astros have done often this year, where it just, just disappear. How do you count Brian for the offense being back? 
The, they have a bunch of really good hitters, and it's hard to keep them down over a long period of time. And I think sort of what's notable, I mean, you this know, is about to be the shortest episode of Go Go Astros. They're really oh. good. All right. Well, there yeah, we go. but I often say that you you ask me, you know, they have, you know, you've asked me this throughout the year, right? They've had a slump. What's going to happen? Well, they're really talented. They're probably going to come back. This probably isn't an inflection point in all of their careers. Um, so I never worry too much about the Astros offense because they have the best offense in baseball. Why do they have the best offense in baseball? They have the largest number of good hitters in baseball. They always put the ball in play, which is a big advantage against the Red Sox shaky defense. Um, and they're able to, again, hit the ball hard uh, without sacrificing contact. Um, so, you know, I expect them to score four, five, six runs today because, well, they've scored four, five, six runs. They've averaged that throughout the playoffs and they're certainly possible to score more. So, you know, and if they slump today, I expect them to hit well tomorrow. Andy, you want to uh, piggyback on that? And I want to uh, pick it up with the Eovaldi question. So, um, you know, Eovaldi, we see what he can do in the playoffs. However, the fact of the matter is, is he faced the Astros for about six innings and this this off this postseason already and gave up a total of seven runs. Um, do you feel like <clears throat> I think I if I'm the Red Sox, I think throwing him for that one inning to try to close out a game when you when it wasn't them getting eliminated might have been a mistake. You put 24 pitches on him and now you're asking him to turn around three days later. Do you see this as a, an opportunity for the Astros to keep jumping on him? You know, I to first of all, piggyback on what Brian said, I, I think part of what you're seeing with the Astros is consistently they have scored five or six runs in all all the playoff games, but one. Um, but I think when you're looking at games two and three, when you are in an eight nothing hole and a nine two hole, those swings just become huge. And the only way you're getting back in that game is everybody's trying to hit home runs and, and you get kind of outside of your game. And I think that's what you saw. Uh, you get to game four and game five, the Astros stayed within themselves uh, with very few exceptions, showed the plate discipline that they've shown for a number of seasons in a row now and stopped swinging at just horrible pitches and stopped, stopped giving, they didn't give in to the Red Sox hitters or pitchers. Um, as far as Nadia Valdi, I'm scared of him. I've been scared of him since 2018. He is a guy that steps up his game in the playoffs and not just against Houston. He's an okay guy in the regular season, but once he gets to the playoffs, he puts it in a different gear. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think 23, 24 pitches on what should have been your bullpen day is that big a deal. Uh, yeah, they're higher stress pitches. Yeah, you know, they got to him and they hit him and they scored a bunch of runs off of him and that move backfired on Alex Cora, but he can still come out and pitch five, six solid innings and give them a quality start. And I think at this point, that's all Boston can hope for. I don't think they're looking for shutdown a shutdown game from him. They like it. I mean, just like we'd like Garcia to shut down the Red Sox for seven innings. Um, but I think they're going to count on him giving up three runs over five or six innings and hoping that they can get to the softer part of our bullpen before we get to the better part of our bullpen. Brian, that, what about you? I mean, how, how that's do you the feel, game tonight. How do you feel – Evaldi versus do you feel like the 24 pitches matters? And do you feel like um, having seen him, having seen him now three times in one series, does that give the Astros a different advantage at, uh, over him? Yeah, I'm less uh, I'm, I'm with Andy that I don't think the 24 uh, pitches on his off on his bullpen day uh, does much. 
And, you know, he's shown before that he's able to recover and come back and pitch out of the bullpen. And we've seen that plenty of times in the playoffs. It hasn't been working this this playoffs more broadly, but we've seen that plenty of times. And unfortunately, we saw I mean, just Yeah, just it. ask Dave Roberts and Urias, right? Like on that the other, is the same well, situation. And on the other hand, we, we all saw the opposite of it in 2019 against the Nationals. I won't speak of that again. Uh, you know, so. Um, Cole's still warm. So he is, uh, he's available to pitch today. You know, what we need to do is we need to I'd like to know if he's available to pitch to all my Yankee fan friends. He's available I, to pitch today. Not to go on a tangent, but one of the things that just irritates the crap out of me is this myth that, you know, Cole could have won the world series if he'd come in. And I just don't buy it, especially when, if he hadn't sucked in game one or two, we wouldn't have been there in the first place. He has, he was exactly a 50, 50 pitcher in the world series that year. You guys, he was great in one game and he sucked in another. And if he had just been consistent, we wouldn't have been at game seven. But if we're, if we're not blaming random happenstance on outcomes, we wouldn't be fans. Shut your mouth, Jim, shut your mouth. Fair point. Uh, Brian, you may continue your thought. I will go back into my corner and drink my coffee. Yeah. Um, I am always skeptical that players are better in the postseason than they are in the regular season, mostly because there's so many sort of small samples and there's only a handful of players historically who've proven to be significantly better. Uh, Nathan Avaldi is a three and a half to four ERA guy across the, uh, his career. I think he's three, seven, five on this season. So it's not surprising the Astros have gotten to him a little bit. They have a really good offense. So um, could he shut them down today? Well, we saw it in game two, and certainly, you know, we could we could see that. But the more likely outcome is the Astros get two, three, four runs off them as well. They're really good hitters. All right, well, let's, uh, let's go rapid fire then about the results of the of the, uh, of the ALCS because we will not be back until Monday. Andy, do you think uh, the Astros close out game six tonight? Um, I think it's going to be a fairly wild contest. I'm not convinced Chris Chris Sale won't be available at some point for Boston. I still think, and you know, call me the call me a fan, call it the thin air, call it the uh, medicinal herb that's available here in Colorado. But I've got Astros in six, so I'm going to win tonight. Brian, Uh, close game. The Astros have an advantage in the late innings with their bullpen. And uh, they shut the door, and uh, the offense gets a run or two off the uh, Sox bullpen in the eighth. All right, yeah, so we all will, have, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I will add that um, the Astros being at home at Minute Maid Park with a very juiced up crowd is going to absolutely be. Hey, well, a, no, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I was assured by a Boston Globe writer that our uh, that we're only good because of orbit ch- uh, cheerleaders and signs. Okay, not great. stolen signs. All, you know, we're going to have all those things tonight. So good. They we have or, or, orbit. Orbit's going to be there. The shooting stars are going to be there. Um, I'm sure that lady will bring signs. It'll be great. Hey, the lady with the uh, the lady with the uh, she has bought. Oh a yeah, we're going to have we're going to have the Oho on Twitter. So uh, we're, we're going to have Lexi, the Oho lady. Um, that's that's going right. to be good for her. Uh, she's on Twitter, so she'd give us a follow. Yeah. Um, I, I also think that you know the having Bagwell. Semi-sober, sitting next to Craig Biggio behind home plates, always a good thing. If as long as no, I guess Nolan Ryan won't be there. So I was about to say, well, Nolan. As long as you don't act, ask Bagwell to hit the playoffs, it's great that he's there. <laughs> okay, then uh, Andy, who is your who is your off who is your your MVP? Jordan, uh, and I know it's I know other people have had better series throughout games, um, but Jordan 
owned that game five um, and absolutely changed the momentum of the series with his performance against Sale. Uh, and Sale had let it loose, and he was striking guys out, but he could not get anything past Alvarez. Uh, and truth, Alvarez had what the first three RBI in that game, so he won. That he had the what you remember that stat they used to have was a worst stat ever, a game winning RBI. Who cares? Yeah, Remy. It was a two one game. I hit a double in the second inning. I got a game winning RBI. <laughs> Brian, what about you? who's your who's your MVP? I mean. I think it's pretty open because there's no sort of single hitter who seems to be dominating the series. Um, I think Andy's right that uh, Jordan would be the favorite walking into today. But, um, you know, somebody goes three for four with a home run and a uh, base clearing double today. Uh, that's Cal Tucker or um, Yuli Gurriel. Um, Jose, uh, Jose Altuve could be any of those guys. Altuve does like to hit home runs in games where he can eliminate East Coast teams. In, yeah, whenever in, in, in game sixes of those series where he can right. eliminate East Coast teams. Uh, before we jump back to the Astros real quick, some more rapid fire. Uh, let's talk NLCS. Um, I don't think the Dodgers actually have it in them to come all the way back. I think that was as much a fluke about anything else. Um, I think the Braves will win it in six. Uh, and then we will all sit in the corner in the fetal position, sucking our thumb at the Astros Braves World Series. Brian, what say you? Um, I mean, if you're up three to two, you should win the series. But uh, the last time a team was ahead three two in the National League Championship Series and lost it was last year when the Braves lost to the Dodgers. In fact, they were up three to one and lost it. So, you know, I'm definitely not counting the Dodgers out. Andy, what's the statistical statistical likelihood of a team coming back three one two years in a row against the same opponent? Uh, I, I've got to think that it's. Unlikely. Um, More than that, I think the Dodgers starters are not as dominant as they were. Um, Certainly losing Bauer, losing um, I've got to lost his name. The great guy who does pitch. Turner's the big one for me, but they've lost some depth in the starting pitching. They still have excellent starting pitching. (laughs) Losing Justin Turner for not only this series, but the World Series now since he's been replaced. He's a guy who is one of their emotional leaders on that team uh, and has been through the losses, has been through them finally breaking through last year. I think him not being there, their replacement for Justin Turner isn't the same guy, isn't the same valued guy. Um, I, I, I look for the Braves to close it out probably tonight or excuse me, Saturday night at home. But I don't think the Dodgers have the manpower that they had in 2020 or 2019 for that matter, or 2018 yeah. for that matter. I just think it's a weaker version of that team due to attrition and injury. Um, so injury I look for the Braves and, to punt. Injury and one guy being a depraved piece of shit. Well, that's a mental injury in some books, depending on your lawyer, uh, which he doesn't need because he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Um, I will yes, point out to then, Brian, though, that that the Braves did, did lose that lead, but it was neutral site games and it was weird. They do have to go back to Atlanta um, yeah. for as much as people – are really upset about the tomahawk chop, and I get it. I understand. I, you know, it's a thing. Um, Brian, welcome anything? to 1997. We were upset about the tomahawk chop then. Florida State used to be good. They do it too. We hated it there too. Nobody likes the tomahawk chop. Um, but you know, I'm going to have to get off Twitter for that series if that's what it ends up being because I, I like some of the Braves fans, and I just can't. Yeah, watch them get any glee out of winning even a game in that series because that's going to be it, it will be 1997 all again. It'll be Walt Weiss bases loaded, nobody outs making that play again. 
Too soon. Um, Too soon, Andy. Too soon. Yeah. Um, Brian, before, as we wrap up, we'll go with you first. Then Andy, just some other random things you think we should look for in tonight game six, or God forbid, if there's a game seven, I honestly don't think there'll be a game seven, but just, uh, what do you think we should be looking for at, at the game tonight? I mean, biggest uncertainty point for the Astros is like the third through the fifth inning in both games. Um, you know, they won on, um, they won game four in large part because Christian Javier was great in those innings and pitched three scoreless innings, was able to get out of trouble a couple times after the couple sort of base hits he's in. But that's, to me, the biggest inflection point. The Red Sox have had the advantage early uh, in this series. The Astros had the, had the advantage late, and they do with a better bullpen. It's those middle in- innings. The best thing is what we saw in game five, which is that's carried over by the Astros starter. Um, and Fromber did great on that in game four. And, you know, I'd love to see Luis Garcia do that tonight. And, and rested, a, again, rest, a rested bullpen now says, even if you do have, God forbid, a game seven, those guys can go both games. Now there's no more like, oh, he's not available. Andy, what about you? What are just some things that you're kind of looking for tonight when you're watching? Uh, fully rested bullpen. Uh, how are top three hitters being um, – Altuve, Brantley, and Bregman, assuming Dusty doesn't randomly change the lineup now. He hasn't all playoffs long, so let's see how they handle Nate. Machetti batting leadoff confirmed. Yeah, Jose Siri is now playing second base. <laughs> They're going to get Miles Straw back he, to hit leadoff like they wanted to do in spring training. He needed a start, and he looks like a leadoff guy. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 how are how the guys that should, how are the guys we pay to hit well? meaning our stars, meaning Bregman, meaning Brantley, meaning Altuve, meaning Correa, how we, how they face Evaldi and handle Evaldi. Evaldi got over in that second game with a lot of stuff that we normally wouldn't swing at. And he does have a good swing and miss. That, that's one of, the, one of the tools in his bag. Um, but we, we, we helped him out a lot. And still he gave up three runs. It could have been more. There were a lot of missed opportunities. And maybe that game doesn't blow up the way it did. Um, if we get on some of those opportunities early. So I'd like to get on Navy Evaldi early and I'll feel good about it. I will be at the St. Pius St. Thomas football game tonight, hoping that I'm not watching and hoping I'm not watching a loss in person and and following another uh, loss on my phone. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, uh, Well, hold on. Do we need to make a, between the St. Thomas alum here and the St. Pius alums there, do we need to put something on that game tonight? I think we have to. But I have no sense of how either team is playing. Um, neither of them are great, but Thomas is probably better this year. And, and that, that hurts me to say. But it is at Pius. You're coming into – what's the name of our stadium again? Uh, well, it's Parsley Field at Kubiak Stadium. That's right, Kubiak Stadium. I see. Coming on down to the, the... – the Battle of North Shepherd is what they're calling it. Um, but no, I think I, I am happy to wager, but it's not going to be a lot of heart. So it might be, you know, bragging rights. It could be, you know, if you want something shipped from Houston, I'm happy to send it to you. <laughs> I, think you bragging rights call- is, I think bragging rights is not is pretty good this year. Next year, my uh, nephew will be on the St. Thomas team. So we'll we'll increase the stakes next year. Well, you know, for people outside of Houston, if you want to get what would be endemic of North Shepherd, which is the road between the two schools, uh, it would be used car lots and Mexican restaurants. So yeah. we'd have to figure out something there. You can either have you can either have a pinto or some pinto beans. Those are your options. It is where my father recommended I buy used tires. Um, 
There you go. There's, when I there's, got my first car. So that's it. it. Is, it is gentrifying. So there's only like two or three of those shops left. They even closed down the Sears. They did. That, that Sears. Down every right Sears, there. right? Yeah. Yeah, right there. All right, guys. So uh, again, let's just go through it again. Andy, you think uh, more than likely we're finishing it off tonight in six? Yes. Brian? Same. Um, does your confidence wave, waver if it goes to a God forbid seven, or do you feel like the war of attrition stays going, Andy? No, I think I, I think ultimately when the, we win the series, um, I, I, we should keep hitting. We're at home. We should be able to win one of two games at home. I mean, and, and their starter tomorrow is that evolved is the the Rodriguez guy who we do generally hit. What about you, Brian? Yes, I mean the Astros are a better team, so they should be able to win one of two. Also. Each baseball game is kind of a coin flip, so the chances that you know your coin flip comes up tails twice is one and four. Yeah, three and four chance for the Astros. I'm picking the Astros. I'm going to suggest for Sunday or Saturday, Brian, red and white roses and a nice dinner out. Very good advice. I appreciate it. All right, guys, go Strohs. Go Strohs. Go Strohs. <laughs>